Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is John Trooper. This is Kate Prusser. This is Julio Rodriguez. Produced by Evan James Audio. This is Lookout Landing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is John Troopin. I'm joined today by just one of uh of the usual crew here uh although i myself have not been particularly usual uh of late so i thoroughly appreciate um shay as well as c trent rosencrantz uh everyone for stepping up and getting in here um but today uh kate is at kate prusser is at the park um on her actual journalist um so uh, we are delighted to have uh, Evan James, Evan James Audio. I've cursed right out the gate here, and I apologize. <laughs> I, re- I remembered immediately following uh, that particular effort endeavor, as it were, that we were hoping to do less of that, so my apologies. However, um, Evan, uh, how are you feeling? How, uh, we're, we're recording this Friday afternoon. Um, which I know you're you're not always supposed to do, but I are in terms of dating the pod. But I always think it's valuable for people to understand where our mindset is mm-hmm. uh, chronologically when uh, whenever they are listening to it. Um, so how are you doing here? Uh, I'm doing good. I've been feeling really good about the Mariners. Um, you know, just a lot of emotions in general over the past couple mm-hmm. weeks. Not just for the Mariners, but for Seattle sports in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just lots of stuff going on, and uh, that's cool. That's that's what we like. We want it to be excited. We want it to be fun. We want it to be high stakes. 
And yeah. it sure has been. It sure uh, has. Sure has been. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I think that I'm glad it settled down a little bit. We wanted to do this earlier, but um, there's just been so much going on, both in terms of the games, uh, us wanting to react to every game and not being able to logistically, but you know, trying to pick the right spots to talk about stuff. Because obviously we could be very easy to talk after every game, but there do it does feel like there have been some natural kind of ebbs and flows to this. And this feels like a good moment to talk about it before, before tomorrow specifically. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, it's very frustrating to, uh, you know, to look at the, the games that we've seen this week. Um, I think there's been some really, really great writing, uh, on the site, and I'm obviously thoroughly biased in that regard. But you know, I just I can't you know express enough, even with losses like Zach Mason uh, and Kate obviously have recapped. Nick Vitalis, Isabel Manassian have written you know on <laughs> on those games and on the on the experience of watching this um, here, which is pretty brutal. But it is. It's the you know it's the stakes that make it sting, like you said, Evan. Right? It's 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 what you get sometimes when you're here. Um, and I mean, I I would love to hear how you felt about this, but like, it's almost been more frustrating because they've really looked like they belong. You yes. Know? <laughs> yeah. No. One hundred percent. I was thinking about that. Really, what I wanted to talk about in terms of how I'm feeling about the way they've played is I mm-hmm. feel great about the way that they showed up in Houston, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, this team can play much worse than that. Like, I've seen it. Yeah. They can play better. It wasn't their A game, but I would call it like their solid B-plus game yeah. they brought to Houston, and they came out 0-2. And like, realistically, you know, people want to split hairs and and talk about how important a one, one split would have been and it would have, but I think what you've seen over the last week is, and I talked about this on the, it must've been three pods ago now, but (laughs) the last pod that I was on, Mm -hmm. um, we were reacting to the blue Jays win. And I said, it took every, every inch and every ounce of that team's talent to get there and to, to beat the blue Jays, whom they were very evenly matched against. Um, and they did, they are just ever so slightly short of Houston. And it's very, You get that when you're watching it because they have outpitched us. Even when we hit Justin Verlander, which in and of itself feels like a small miracle, and I have a hard time demanding more <laughs> of the Mariners' offense than that, honestly. Um, and I, I sleep well knowing they lost that game, but they hit Justin Verlander. Yeah. Um, even if I have other nightmares, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like they showed up to play. And the great disappointment of the 2001 team is that... Uh, conspiracy theories about certain events aside um things felt like they conspired for the mariners to come out very flat in that series against new york yeah and uh it felt like the team that was so remarkable and set records all season and was the most winningest team of all time didn't show up in the postseason and that's the great disappointment is you know like the they didn't show up we don't really know what that team would have looked like and we do know what this team looks like in the postseason, and we they they look a little short. Would you say that's a fair assertion? Yeah, I do think they you know they are not like they're not the best team in this playoff group. Like nope. I think I think you know 
Um, Amanda Lane, who was, uh, formerly wrote for LL um, and has, um, you know, is, is now doing um, writing of her own and uh, longer form uh, capacity as well as some freelance stuff wrote about that 01, about that 2001 team um, for Baseball Prospectus. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's it's um, it's one of their articles that is like free with, uh, you know, you just need a like base login. You don't need a paid subscription to read it. Uh, but it's really, I mean, it, it does tell that story, which is like, there just was so much that took that team out of it. Um, and this is not that circumstance. It is, it is, uh, indicative of how little playoff experience that not just the team, because I mean, the team, most of the team, well, not most of the team, but several people on the team have ostensible playoff experience. They even have a world series player, you know, a player who's been to the world series on their roster, but like as a fan base, there's simply no one with less playoff experience. And like, this is, you know, this is unfortunately what it looks like where it is. The Mariners were won 16 fewer games than the Astros in the regular season. And they have come out and have played just about as well as you could ask them to. And the Astros have been just a little bit better. And I saw a much worse Seattle Mariners team sweep the Astros in four games in Houston uh, in 2018. So you're not going to tell me like this series is over. Um, but it is, you know, it is just a circumstance of, you know, that a couple little things have sort of highlighted that they don't have the margin for error. You know, they need to be, pretty much perfect to beat a team like Houston. And they don't necessarily need to be perfect. Like you said, that B plus is right. Like B plus a minus, I think is how they played. I would say that like first game against uh, Toronto was an a minus to an a game, right? Like a, the four, nothing where like they came out gangbusters and then mm-hmm. just Luis Castillo, like locked it down. Like, yes, they could have added on more, but like that's pretty much exactly ideal, you know? And the the insanity of the second game, like that was not a perfect game. That was that was that was some nonsense. But um, you know, they they are playing, and 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 I mentioned this um, literally. I was like, it's almost it is as frustrating as anything to like suddenly look around and see like Cleveland is compelling, but so you know is has very clear limitations. Um, the Yankees look. Very, very limited. You know, they have clear, like, problems like they have all year. Like, Seattle might be the best team that Houston faces until they get to the World Series this year. Um, Absolutely. They might be the second best team in the American League and a top three, four, five team overall. When you come down to it, and that's that's very yeah. very high praise for the team and the expectations mm-hmm. for where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know, the realistically, what we have seen is right. The highs of Houston are higher. They have the best starting pitcher in the series. They, you know, that's Verlander. They have 
the either second or third best pitcher in starting pitcher in the series in Framber Valdez. I think Castillo is a little better than Framber, but you know, they're it's, it's sort of what you're looking for. And then, you know, they have the best hitter. They have Jordan Alvarez and they have what probably three or four of the top, you know, seven or, you know, the top six players, excuse me, top six. They have, I would say they probably have 12 of the top 15 players in, in this series, right? Like, and you don't want to be that cold about it, but like when you're looking at the lineups, you're like, I don't know if I would take just about anyone over what they have. And obviously Julio is like the big exception and Ty France, who has been a little disappointing in his own right of, of late. Um, They're just such a good team. They hit so well. They're pitching to finish the season better than ours and one of the top overall in the league. And like, what are you going to do? They don't do anything poorly. They do everything well and better than you. And the one maybe hypothetical strength that the Mariners have leaned on so hard is the bullpen, which is really the thing that's come unglued in the losses of late. And I think we should stick there for a sec because... When I'm watching this bullpen, and I don't know about you, John, but mm. they look they look out of gas to me collectively, and it's not showing up in terms of the velocity, but they are not sharp collectively right now. Yeah, I think it's to be frank, it, it is. I mean, Munoz they have ridden so hard, right? He's pitched in every playoff game so far, and yep. he's pitched in either the highest leverage moment or certainly like against the best hitters in the team, you know, uh, that the other team had. Um, yeah, and in and, three in three of four days, back to back to back, essentially, as well. It's not, um, just, not just the high leverage, but he went, yeah. He well, went in, not quite, right? He went Friday, Saturday, which was back to back, and then he had mon- Sunday, Monday off, and then Tuesday, okay, Wednesday off, Thursday. But, yeah, so, like, there's there's rest. that it, It's okay, but it is still, I mean, top, top-tier leverage each time. And, you know, it, it stings, because he is their best reliever. And he's also 23? And didn't <laughs> pit, basically didn't pitch last year through right, the third right. of an inning, coming back from Tommy John surgery. Right. So, yeah, this has been playing with fire for a minute here. Yeah, you know, and I, that's sort of the thing, right? It's like the dis, a lot of the decisions look frustrating, but if one or two of them work out, it doesn't, it doesn't really kill you. You know, if Munoz gets past uh, Bregman, right? It was Bregman who hit the two run homer, um, yep. you know, and, you know, doesn't one that's two runs back. And also it's not letting Alvarez get up, or at least it's, it's a couple more hitters before Alvarez gets up again mm-hmm. um, in the, you know, in game one in game two. I mean, again, it's, you know, just not having quite his best stuff. And I mean, he had, Almost a hundred strikeouts. Now, now he has in the playoffs. He's gotten 102 strikeouts in 69 and two thirds innings. Like 
he, that's a lot of pitching for a reliever and a yeah. lot of pitching for a 23 year old, like you said, who threw half an in, or two thirds of an inning last year, um, who like wasn't supposed to be called up, but some, I can't remember. It was some weird context in which like they had to call him up because somebody was hurt or like either Justice Sheffield or Yusei Kikuchi. Like, I don't know. It was something wonky, but it was like, I guess we're calling up Andres Munoz at the last moment here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really appreciated Matt Brash, who's been pretty nails. Um, Probably been the, our best relief pitcher, definitely in the postseason at this point. Yes. He's the only guy who's thrown clean innings. In the um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, like, first game for, for Munoz um, against the Blue Jays. Yeah, like, it's, oh, it's true. been... True. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough, it's tough to go like all their starters outside of Robbie Ray have done, have thoroughly done what, you know, what you could ask of them. Right. Yeah. Even losing that game, giving up three runs in six innings to Houston is a good start. Absolutely. Very very competitive start. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, like they had to get three or four, you know, they had to get four runs in that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, in retrospect, but like that was, that was what we'd said before, or at least, you know, had been discussed before. Just didn't, you know, that didn't quite work out. You know, JP hits that liner right at somebody instead of anywhere else. So Julio's double scores nobody instead of scoring two. Mm-hmm. And even you know, the inning before that, the, the Mariners had. An Eugenio Suarez line out and a Frazier line out yep, that both yep. were very hot off the bat and very yep. easily could have found grass and did not. And scored two. Would have, you know, both times would have scored two. Mm-hmm. Julio's grounder up like laser up the middle that Altuve made a sensational play on. Absolutely. That, you know, I mean, I would have scored one. It wouldn't have been the difference. But, you know, you keep them run. You know, it's another run and you make them throw more pitches. And, you know, I mean, again, it's it is it's not that they are just happy to be there and like that's a huge cliche it's also something they say and it's like good but also like we watched a lot of this team especially a lot of this team when they were not really 100 percent, and they are as close to 100 percent now as they really have been yeah this year (laughs) and very much so um you know, and and some of that is like limited by you know Seawald's Seawald's tired, Seawald's gone so many innings over the past year and the past couple of years, and and I think he is is just a tough match. It's a tough matchup for him. They don't have a pitcher that matches up well against Jordan Alvarez. Nobody does, but <laughs> particularly. You know, when when you are intentionally planning ahead that if you're, you know, if, if Jordan Alvarez comes up in a key moment in late in the game, you're going to bring in Robbie Ray. That is perfectly reasonable and also a sign of like, this is a specific limitation for the team, right? They don't I, have that lefty power arm. They don't have that good matchup there. I heard Jerry acknowledge that very specifically, and I thought it sounded like it kind of clicked for him too that they didn't they didn't really need that to get here. You know what I mean? They didn't right. need a lefty specialist to get to mm-hmm. to this position, but they got here and they suddenly found 
themselves outmatched against a specific player. And really, that's oversimplifying it because, as we said, they tried to pitch to Bregman and Bregman hit them anyway. Yeah. And you know. Alvarez, people got in front on base in front of Alvarez. And even despite all that, the Mariners couldn't get outs with their bullpen around those guys. They yeah. were routinely pegged players and they had several walks in those games. So yeah. it's like. It, it's really easy to have this come down to like, oh, you, Alvarez beat you. And it, it feels that way because, my God, does it feel yeah. that way? Like, yeah. It just does. It's yeah. how it feels. But it, it isn't like that. And I think that the Mariners were competitive in every pitch of this postseason so far, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just a fact. They were in it. Julio is on second base the other night when they lost. And yeah. they lost on the final it. pitch a walk on. It's like... What are you yeah. what are you gonna do? That's that's what we can ask for. We can ask that this team plays and is in it, and they were. Yeah. Um how are you feeling about tomorrow or the game on Saturday? I agree with your assessment pre-pod. You said that it's likely the team comes out hot tomorrow, wins in front of the hometown crowd, and loses the next game. Um I, I kind of think I that's a likely so. outcome. I agree. I hope so. I would love for them to win in front of Seattle just to, just so people can have that experience, even if right. I already feel like they've given us more than we maybe should have even expected so far. Sure. Um, I'd, I'd love that for the fans. But I have – and I think Durs had a tweet about this earlier. I have made my peace with this being it, if this is it. And I consider it an overwhelming success and – I am also okay with them not playing more baseball because <laughs> I recognize that when it comes to Munoz, when it comes to Julio, when it comes to Ty France, some of these guys you just you know who could could use a rest. Some of these guys could use a rest. I don't really want George Kirby pitching anymore. Like I'm so excited <laughs> to see him pitch in the playoffs tomorrow. But if the Mariners are done, I'm really stoked for him to have some time off. Right? Like yeah. that's okay. So yeah, I'm I'm at peace. How about you? I am, yeah, I I really, I want them to get a win, if nothing else. I mean, I would like, I would like them to, to, you know, to reverse sweep, to, you know, run the gauntlet and uh, come all the way back and, and go to the ALCS, uh, of course. But, um, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I yeah, I want them. I think you that that is a very good point of like they have been in it every single moment of every single game. There's not been a like the closest that they have been to out of a game was game two against the Blue Jays, <laughs> where they and were out of it. Like <laughs> they were out of it, and they they and and then they weren't. Like yep. and that's the sort of thing that I love is that they have given you cause. So I would like to see them do one more dance at least. Um, Cause it would be, it would be very sweet 
to almost like a teaser for hopefully what is to come and and also you know a showcase of like how far they do still need to go because that's what i feel when i've been watching this series is like in in both of these games i think it's reasonable to think if this was if you played literally the exact same game and you you know same contact same you know obviously you can't do that but it was in t-mobile park i think the mariners are at least one and one here and maybe two and oh like that fly ball you know alvarez's homer in the in the or first homer or not first homer alvarez's um single is a fly out um you know many of his, many of the hits and caroms and and things uh you know go quite differently um the mariners have benefited a little bit from that they had there was a play uh where alvarez like leapt like a silhouette against a wall uh, in left field and there was a double mm-hmm. instead of a routine fly out so that it's it's certainly not um it just a one-way street but it is like that's what you need to that's the team you need to be better than that is the team you need to outpace and they're not losing anyone massive next year you know they the biggest loss so to speak i think that you could reasonably look at uh for houston is saying oh well you know maybe verlander finally slows down a bit but like sure doesn't feel like it (laughs) sure doesn't feel imminent and like yeah like when 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 they're losing folks and it's mostly people that aren't playing or like are tertiary like they're losing michael brantley who's been hurt all year they're losing yuli guriel who is their worst starting player other than their catchers like they're losing their catchers which is not a big deal like it's really you know you're seeing money you're seeing money jump obviously like bregman's bregman's salary goes up to 30 million um from 13 so it's not like they're just going to suddenly have uh like infinite cash to to you know expand upon um but like it's going to be pretty much the same team next year so seattle has to not only internally improve, which I think they will, but recognize Houston probably internally improves too, right? You have, they've had a good year, but a lot of their best players are reasonably young. Kyle Tucker, Alvarez, um, Bregman and McCullers are very much in their prime. Um, you know, this is not a team that's going to fall off a cliff from where they are now just by waiting a year. So Seattle has to go out and take it from this team. They have to go out and improve. Um, But I would love for them to show at least once, like what winning a game here in Seattle in the playoffs feels like. Um, And I think like, it's going to sting. It's going to sting if the, if, and when they lose this series, no matter when, but having that that memory of like, I want to feel that again and again, and I want it to be game one, and I want it to be game two, and I want it to be in our back pocket that they can come, they have to come home to us next year. Um, 
that is that is what I want. Um, because you know, this is this is very much, I think, going to be a legit legit rivalry. You know, I think it could. I think it can be. I think the Mariners can make it. You know what Atlanta and the Mets had uh, this year. I think they can make it. What um, you know this year? I think it was very much the Padres and Dodgers for for what's happening. And and I think it's it's interesting almost to see that mirror uh, image. But the Mariners haven't yet dipped their toe in really to. Okay, now we're now we're really serious. Now we're going to get a Manny Machado. Like now we're going to go sign Carlos Correa or Trey Turner, uh, Aaron judge. I don't think they will necessarily sign Aaron judge, but you know, getting one of those big pieces um, to, to make it so that their lineup is as scary as Houston's. Cause that's what it can be if they are making, you know, that, and that's how they have to get there um, is they have to add one of these big players. I think. Yeah. And they're definitely, they're not a small step in that direction is what I would say. And we talked about this really all last year and through the right. off season, which is they need high upside players. It's mm. not sufficient to add a Sam Haggerty demo duo and be like, well, there's right. five wins, even if that's what you somehow managed to spin out of it, which is kind mm. of almost semi miraculously what happened. Mm. Um, they need, and I think Kate said it best, and I wish she was here because she would reiterate this. It felt like, still feels like as we're playing this, I realize I'm talking about a lot of this in the past tense because I have mentally, I'm, I'm a little mentally uh, accepting of it. But she said that, you know, it felt like Alvarez was better than our Julio. Their star players beat our star mm-hmm. players when it came yeah. down to it. And we can, we don't have to get new star players, but we do need to add to that depth mm-hmm. because... You know, when it came down to it, having Carlos Santana with a bad hamstring <laughs> trying to be the big thump in this lineup wasn't yeah. going to do it. And like that's yeah. it was OK because that was already a backup plan of a backup plan because it was supposed to be Kyle Lewis and it was supposed mm. to be Jared Keldick and whatever else. Jesse you know, Winker. Yeah, we're, we're so whatever the plan was, we're way past all of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the team. I'm almost, like I said, part of the reason I'm ready to turn the page is because I'm excited to see what they do next because I know that they need to add to it. And like you said, the Astros aren't going to fall apart, but the Mariners are for sure not going to fall apart either. And their biggest departing pieces mm-hmm. are like, you know, Adam Frazier potentially, or maybe trading Marco or something like that. So they're they're in a position to do better by adding as well. And they're in a position for our own superstars to grow and to be better. And I think that in terms of the future and us versus the Astros, what you're hoping is that those guys are already past peak and that Bregman has already been his best self and that Correa, or excuse me, and that uh, like Alvarez is never going to be as painful as he was this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But that Julio is just getting started and that Mm -hmm. Jared is really just especially getting started and that this was a jumping off point for Cal. And even if some of these guys aren't drastically better, they're, they're already incredibly good right Mm -hmm. and you see that from like logan if gilbert is just a three-win pitcher awesome right like we can we can want more from all of these guys but they all were really good this year and we'll take that when it's a that is the other thing is like the mariners and astros think where they are closest is in the pitching staff is that like they both have young 
powerful, like consistent, hopefully long-term healthy and dependable starting pitching. Um, like, and, and that's also, that's a huge part of how you kind of can coast, not like truly coast, but like, that's how you rack up those additional, you know, two to three wins a month that you need to have is by, by not giving away games by having to do bullpen starts or having to do, you know, I mean, Christian Bregman's or Christian Bergman starts Bregman Bergman. I've forgotten uh, Bergman. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo. Right. You know, like the, <laughs> the Mariners have had so many really bad, um, whatchamacallits, uh, number three starters or number four starters or number five starters. Like it's been very obvious how they have, you know, let things slip away. And this year it was so different. They had Chris Flexen and they had Marco Gonzalez who were not impeccable, but they were totally reasonable. And they had, uh, you know, Castillo at the top where it was like every time he went out, you felt like the Mariners are probably going to win this game. It literally doesn't matter who they're facing. There are only like three or four pitchers that they're going to match up against and feel like the Mariners are at a disadvantage in the league. Like that's amazing. Uh, Everybody pitched all year. We yeah. literally, we have four mm-hmm. starting pitchers pitched yeah. the entire year and they swapped out the five spot, obviously for mm-hmm. Kirby who himself pitched all year, yeah. which yeah. is nuts and has not, I believe that hasn't happened from the Mariners since 2001. I'm pretty sure it's the last um, time. Arzen they had back. a, they had a specific year and I think it was 2000. I can't remember if it was 2002 or 2003 and they are the last team. They were the last team, not just like Mariners, but like, in league history to only have five starting pitchers. Yeah, it's a very rare feat. Yeah, and like the Mariners had a couple, um, you know, departures, right? Like Matt Brash was the starting pitch, was a starting pitcher in this rotation at the start of the year. So like he moved out of it, but like it really has been, they've been very fortunate and they're not going to be quite this fortunate health-wise. Um. He's you like know, sent the, down in the middle of the season and never came back. He's like the only major departure. Uh, closer for Miami, pitch for us last year. I should know his name off the top of my head. I'm an idiot. Drew Steckenrider. Drew Steckenrider. Yeah. I kept thinking he's a dinosaur and I couldn't place the name. <laughs> the the Steckosaurus. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drew, yeah. Like, really, Drew Steckenrider and uh, Casey Sadler are the two missing Mariners pitchers. Everybody yeah. else was healthy all year with. Very yeah. minimal exception. Yeah. I mean, like Diego Castillo had like a 10-day stint or whatever. Yeah. And that is bonkers, especially when you consider the year prior, the Mariners went through like 14 pitchers in May or something right. like that. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is hopefully going to continue um, that they are healthy and that they are, uh, you know, and, and they have young pitchers. You know, it's not going to be so – um, you know, they are they are, they don't have extensive injury histories per se, and they do have more pitchers coming up too. So hopefully, you know, if they do run into issues like that, like they'll have Emerson Hancock next year knocking on the door. They'll have Bryce Miller and Taylor Dollard, um, you know, helping stretch that depth. But um, all of that is to say, like, 
they can absolutely put themselves in position to like to be the a a very very high floor team next year. Um, they need to raise the the sort of menace level of the lineup. And Winker, you know, if Winker was what Winker had been, I think they are in that position. I think it's really hard. Like you said, I mean, Kyle Lewis and Kelnick not fully panning out or not necessarily consistently panning out. Stung, obviously, Kelnick has actually done like, reasonably, um, you know, down the final stretch here. He's uh, looked fine. The numbers still suck, but he's looked yeah. fine. He's yeah. hit a lot of hard balls that haven't landed or that, yeah, that haven't landed. And I feel right. like we've said him about that. Said that about him a lot since yes. he's played in the major leagues, but at the same time, I do feel more encouraged than whatever it was we saw prior this year in particular. Yeah. I think that Jesse Winker is probably like the biggest question mark as far as what do they do and how do they see him fitting in with the team going forward into next year because, yeah, he's a really interesting bat if he can hit, but he didn't hit all year, and he, I don't know if they'd ever want him in the outfield again, so... Um, I don't. Yeah, we we sure don't. We as fans would not like to see that, but they may not have a choice. Um, and they're those are the only players who they don't have definitive answers on, right? Kyle Lewis, um, Jared Kelnick, who I who we feel very much safe saying is going to play for the team next year in some capacity. Whether he's, I assume they give him a starting job out of spring training, which they did this year again anyway. So. I think that he's going to be here, but Kyle Lewis, Evan Weiss, Jesse Winker, and to a much lesser degree, Marco slash Chris Flex and one of those guys. Those are the question marks, but every other player on the roster really has a reason to be here and was good, right? Like there's, that's, yeah, like Chris Flexen and was good and Sam Haggerty was good and Dylan Moore was really good. And I feel good. I feel good about most of where this is. It's a solid, it's a, it's a very solid foundation. It is the most encouraging season and forward looking. I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or if there's just been a conversation, but like, yeah, not to be too businessy or inside baseball vis-a-vis baseball, but like the fact that this team has extraordinary cost certainty going forward. Um, It is the type of thing that really sort of makes me encouraged that they actually will go out and spend that money because they don't have to necessarily worry about, you know, trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do? You know, what, what's the arbitration situation going to be here? What's this going to look like? What's that going to look like? Like they know what they're paying. Their top six starting pitchers. They know what they're paying every single starting pitcher that they're coming back with. And realistically, yes, I would love it if they went out and signed like Chris Bassett, but they can come back with the same starting rotation. And I think that's pretty much fine. Like yeah. they can come like they're going to come back next year with Marco Gonzalez, with Chris Flexen, and those can be their sort of five, six starters. And 
work through it with the younger players that they have in the um, in the farm, and that's fine. Um, they have cost certainty at uh, center field. They have cost certainty at shortstop. They have cost certainty at um, well, I mean, if you do, if you want to consider Ty France going into his first year of arbitration, then you know, meh. But like, Ty France is going into his first year of arbitration. He's not going to be super expensive. So this is a very interesting discussion for a different pod. But mm-hmm. what do you what do you do with Ty France? Has kind of over the last twenty four hours been marinating in my brain quite a bit. I really am, am torn on what I think about that. But um, we'll, we'll we will deal with that another time. But yeah, and. Yeah. It, in the outfield in general is pretty cost controlled because even if Mitch is leaving, you do theoretically yeah. have Kyle Lewis somewhere. You have Jared, you have Julio and you do have Winker under contract for at least another three years. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have, you have Trammell, like, you know, yeah. yeah like, Trammell. Not that I want, I don't want, you know, Trammell to be first or second string plan, but like, again, you know, that's the sort of thing where, yeah, exactly. Like, Suarez, like you said, so like you're looking for one middle infielder upgrade, and then you're looking at we've a got a little piece, maybe a bullpen piece, or maybe you know moving some but some people around for another outfielder, right? You know you're you're looking mm-hmm. at a little bit of consolidating to like get a little bit of more certain production, um, and that that makes it really really easy right it's it's and none of these players are making i think the highest paid player next year is going to be robbie ray just like it was this year no one's going to be making more than like hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus 21 million and then or what is it yeah it's 21 million and then you have nobody else making like more than 17 you've got like 17 million for castillo you've got 11 million or so for suarez and jp like it's very very reasonable that they can either go big on and this is my preference for them to go big on someone like correa um who i admit i'm getting increasingly I'm leaning a little bit more increasingly into the redemption arc by help having him come and help the Mariners vanquish Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, mm-hmm. that is, I will say definitely on my mind, um, you know, and that he's like only going to be 28. Like that's who you want to send your money towards 28 and a consistently great hitter. Like, yeah, he's um, real good. Yeah. He's real good. Um, you know, and you know, or Trey Turner, whatever you know, whatever you they they want to do there. Um, there's gonna be money, and they don't have to worry about like any real like albatross type contracts, quote unquote, that they have had in the past. And again, like I'm not going to give them that in terms of like Nelson Cruz contract worked out great, Kyle Seager contract worked out great, Robinson Cano contract. Worked out great. Even like 
Obviously, which is off the books this offseason as well. This Ayo. is last year we're paying for that. So, yeah, you are correct. Um, yeah, like there's just there's so much potential, and watching this team, even as it has been, and and I'll say this, I guess I have gotten not I have not gotten to actually watch much of this round of the playoffs because uh, crazy turns out if you put a game at noon, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> I am very happy for my many friends who have either like desk jobs or work remotely, work from home, or, you know, you, you are a student, you don't work, you have a job that is, you know, service industry or something that's night, um, you know, that, that is not in a nine to five, very happy for you. My typical schedule is 10 to six. So this has been a, and, and specifically like completely unavailable, um, to like look at electronic devices from like 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. So this has been a real poke in the eye of a series, but it has meant like I've gotten to watch the first two innings of every game more or less, and those have pretty much all been great. And then I've gotten to check on game day or like occasionally listen on the radio, and that's that's how this series should have been watched. <laughs> I cannot recommend strongly enough some, some distance. Um, but, uh, that said, I think, you know, this has got to be, this last game should be a celebration of a really good season that I think, you know, portends great things, portends and the 2020s being really, really good for, uh, for Seattle Mariners baseball. And I, I cannot, I cannot wait to, to watch more of it and cannot wait for an off season that hopefully they, you know, they take this, this gift, this, this opportunity and run with it. Agreed. And I think that a lot of the casual fans are going to take, if, if we lose, if they will take that defeat hard, um, but I think that the listeners of our show, the gigantic nerds that they are, sorry, but I know, I know you're here. I know you've been listening to us nerds. Um, <laughs> We've got the, Evan's got the statistics on our, on our I, listener numbers. It's mostly, are. it's, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like 30% people from Seattle, you know, Pacific Northwest, like weirdly like 8% folks from Lithuania. And then the other like 62% is just nerds. And it just weirdly, it doesn't have a geographic. It just it's, says that. It just lets us know that all these people are huge dweebs. That's what yeah. it tells us. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you like, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're plugged in enough to know what we're talking about, you should feel so good about the Mariners because this was a banger season from the get-go, from Julio making the team out of spring training to the team, making it as dramatic as possible, trying to fall out of this season in May to the 14 game win streak to Julio winning rookie of the year soon to come, uh, breaking the playoff drought, a playoff series sweep. It's a sweep. We won two games. They won zero. It's a sweep. Um, you know, it'd be know. fun. Well, it'd be fun. If the Mariners win Saturday and Sunday, even if they lose on Monday, they will have had a winning record in the playoffs. This that year. would be pretty cool. I, I'm sure it's happened before. I'd thought about that 
like just very recently. I'm like, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to be possible, but you know, uh, I love it. It would be um, appropriate for them of all teams to have such a record, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I just, I don't want them to get swept. I really want them to take it, take it to Houston and take it to McCullers. Who's been such a, such a thorn for them. And I like of, of the Astros McCullers is a player I genuinely love. And I really much like Correa. I can't wait till he's and Springer. Really? I can't wait till he's not an Astro. Yeah. Uh, Bregman. I will loathe no matter where he goes, but uh, you know, uh, that's just like it's something I I really I really want and 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 like you you know you list off so many things and I was just was thinking about like Julio's been so good like you you're right that Jordan has been um, better. Jordan has a obviously, yeah. yeah. Well, and like, yeah, I mean, just, no one's been better than Jordan. Like Jordan, Jordan's <laughs> yeah. been, yeah. Jordan has fucked. He up. is the best hitter in the American League right now, other than maybe Aaron Judge. It's those two and yeah, Mike yeah. Trout, who was injured all year, and no one yeah. else. So yeah, it's it's brutal and it is it's heartbreaking, but it is so good to see. Like last night, Julio Rodriguez was the Mariners final potential final out and all he did was against the best reliever that Houston had crush a double off of the gigantic garage doors out in left center field and keep them alive and every out like he's had a he's had a few strikeouts right it's been like four strikeouts in 20 plate appearances mm-hmm. it's like not bad at all like 20% fair, like below league average. All he's done is I think every single bit, I think he had one pop out or not even pop out, but like he had a fly out to right. I didn't see it, but I remember I like checked the Velo and I was like, Oh, that's not that impressive. Pretty much everything he's done has been lasers, 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 lasers yeah. at people, lasers at holes, lasers. He at has gaps. the hardest hit balls in every game. And like overall in the postseason yeah. as well, yeah. he's like yeah. three of the top five spots. Like double and a triple in game one against Houston off of Justin Verlander and a walk, I believe. Like you can't ask for more. And the fact that like it's his first chance and he's so, I mean, like it's never a concern to me that he's going to be intimidated. It is only ever a concern to me that he's going to be too hyped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think we saw that at times during the regular season that he would get so pumped and so hyped for big moments that he would overswing or he would, you know, like just do a try to a little too much. And he, he had some rookie jitters here and there, not extreme, yeah. but they were there. Well, not like not even, I mean, I guess jitters, but like, it doesn't even strike me as nerves. It's like a desire to do something extraordinary. Like he's so like, it's I'm going to, yeah, he needs yeah. to be passive. And that's yeah. true of all of all young hitters in particular. Mm-hmm. You saw that with Tramel when he wasn't hitting well, you saw that with Kyle Lewis when he came up after the concussion, like yeah. when they're, when they're pushing it, they're swinging at stuff. Right. They shouldn't. And Julio 
didn't really do that like from the get-go as soon as he flipped the script there in april he was he was good he was just a major league hitter from there on out and that was that was pretty much the end of it yeah and i mean all he's done is go in the playoffs 250 400 500 153 wrc plus you know just don't look at Jordan alvarez's wrc plus i'm not going to i haven't i listen Evan, full, here, starts, full disclosure. The first number in it is not what you expect. I promise that. Is it a three? Because that's not, I would assume it is, it's a three. It is at higher least. than a three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, it is like hysterical. It's like I watched Luis Castillo get him to like pop out, and I was like, "Yeah, I guess to hit three oh nine, you do have to get out at some point." <laughs> Because <laughs> that's always what I look at, and like you know, like the you know what was his uh, you know regular season. His regular season OBP was four oh six. So like he's getting out more than he is not. Now in the playoffs, yeah. he's not in the playoffs. He's <laughs> no. got a five fifty six OBP. But like in theory, you know that is what people do. In theory, even the best players are mostly getting out more than they're not. Um, yeah. I mean, but, he has 185 WRC plus over nearly 600 plate appearances. That is yeah. spicy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to you're gonna get a better gonna offense. Robbie Ray, <laughs> right. Well, but like, that's the thing. It's like, the, you know, it is, it is sort of like at a certain point, you can only do so much or you just, you got to, you know, you can look at a hurricane coming at you. And you can say either I'm going to build a really big boat or I'm going to buy a house somewhere else. (laughs) Right? Like, I mean, I don't want to make light of actual hurricanes. That's not an option for most people. But, like, the Mariners have the option to, you know, try any number of pitching things or they can say, screw it, we're signing better hitters and next time we'll be winning 10 to 5. And (laughs) then, you know, and then we'll... Hope you know Jordan can can have room for another solo homer, and we'll hopefully still hold on to the lead, right? That's yeah. you know that's that's that sort of thing, right? It's like they they came into this year they 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 wanted to prove it without actually spending money, um, you know, and so they came into this year with the twenty second ranked payroll, and you know Houston Houston's been here for a while Houston's you know, spent that money to have a, you know, have a top 10 payroll, have a top 10, have a top five team. And I I hope, I hope Cleveland can rest Shane Bieber and just really screw with their heads or something. I don't know. Or, you know, or Aaron judge goes, I don't know. He, Aaron Judge is too big to be a goblin to go goblin mode. He's gonna go. He's a frost giant. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, go frost the, giant the Chris mode. Young lineage of frost giants. <laughs> he's, he might be a storm giant. I'll be. I'll be if, if we're going, <laughs> you know, real real deep on it. Um, yeah, I you know, I I'm glad to hear that you are feeling more at peace. I, I am not at peace quite, but I'm a little closer. And right now I want, I want them. I, I will really, I really want to win. I need a win and I will feel that, that sensation 
I think will carry me if they can get a, at least one win this weekend. Um, that'll carry me through quite a bit. And I think will be valuable for them. I agree. Uh, I think psychologically I would like them to beat them one time. I would yeah. like I I want them to have that reward for how well right. they played. Because well, that's did. the thing. Yeah. That they is the well. thing, right? They they haven't played like they're just obviously worse. They have played well enough to win a game. They haven't. And that you know, that it's fucking base that's that's baseball. It's just it just that you're not going to take all the game. You know, they've led more innings of this series by a good margin than Houston has. And they've Some, lost both games. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you're going to win on the bat of Adam Frazier, and yeah. sometimes you're going to lose on the bat of Adam Frazier. Yeah. And it's, just, it's just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I am. I'm at peace. And I'm at peace with how they've played. And I wouldn't, if they had come out in that first game and gone down 0 to 7, and Verlander had just kicked them all around the field, I would have been upset and not yeah. happy. But yeah. they hit Verlander. Yeah. Castillo pitched well against Houston. You literally. I, I'm not interested in asking for more than that. That's all that. It's yeah. all that I wanted, and I, I do. I do want to win. I want to win for you. I want to win for the fans. But I, I really love the way this team played this year and has played this postseason. And we should we should be happy. And this is a celebratory yeah. podcast for how the Mariners played yep. this year. Um, I'm so excited to play Houston less. <laughs> Good yeah. lord, the balanced schedule. Oh, well. Oh, oh. And there's not a shift next year when we come back. Like we might get to see Jared have, you know, just an yanking the, five yanking or six it. Four hits a month, something like that. Like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, here's hoping. All right, Evan. Um, I know that we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon in the next day or two. Um, depending on what happens, it hopefully it will be um, some kind of potentially shock and awe of their performance against uh, against Houston here uh, to send them back to Houston um, for a game five potentially. That would be something. Um, but if not, we will uh, we will talk about. Talk about the season, talk about the series, and uh, and talk about you know what what we are looking forward to um, one way or the other, and 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 also you know talk about the playoffs because it's been it's been a pretty neat playoffs thus far. Part of, it's very strange because I'm usually I was talking with uh, Isabel Isabel Manassian about this and. Like we're so used to watching the playoffs at this point with like very very much at ease and like loving it because God the MLB playoffs are so good like there's so many things MLB screws up and the, like the timing is miserable but like MLB playoff games rule <laughs> like it's so exciting especially right now where it's like there's a lot of games and it's flawed teams like the Phillies are taken it to the Braves who objectively are thoroughly a better team, but like screw it. You know, they, they're just a big bunch of no defense having boys with a ton of power and a dream. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. think about how things turned around for Alec Bohm, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, yeah. The the abs an absolute core piece. Every Philadelphian would like battle, fight to the death on behalf because he said he hated. And this is a quote. It's not me cursing. It's a quote. He said, "I." Yes. And then he was like, I'm sorry. I just was really frustrated. And then every Phillies fan was like, it's okay. We hate it too. And we love it. And we love you. Like, what a, what a, oh, what a great team. I'm watching Kyle Schwarber, an outfield of Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and some poor center fielder who knows he has to cover 90% of the outfield, oh uh, who God, probably mad. should also not be their center fielder himself. Did they like, find the only two outfielders in baseball worse than Jesse Winker out there? Like, man. Uh, it's Brandon Marsh. That, Brandon Marsh is good. Brandon Marsh is good at center field. He's not good at baseball. No, I mean, not good I mean, at the hits, but, Oh, certainly. But, no, they, yeah. they went they went all dingers. All, all dingers, all vibes, like <laughs> like wild vibes, and no no glove. Jack Zarensic um, style. Absolutely, oh, hundred percent. No, this is this is Dave Dombrowski saying y'all screwed up. You should have let Jack Z cook. <laughs> watch watch this, uh, and then people only sort of have an idea of what he's doing. But uh, they, they just extended their interim manager, who's one oh, of the yeah. series now. They're a wild Rob story. Thompson. Yeah, no, they're. Nuts. It's hysterical. Bryce Harper just clubbing the ball. Absolutely. Like, what a, what a, yeah, no, they are a delight of a team. They are, I, I, I appreciate them because they are without any pretense. They are exactly in, in, you know, they are fully chaotic in a completely different way than from the Mariners, where it is like, they could literally anything could happen at any given time usually really bad and then they might come back from it with massive dingers as opposed to the mariners who i think like do nothing 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 and nothing happens either way in a game and then suddenly they make everything happen all at once the phillies are constantly exhausting and then con and then suddenly exhilarating um so i i am excited to watch more playoff baseball hopefully that includes the mariners um, but if it doesn't, I, I recommend you, you pick a team. And I also recommend specifically that you pick the Phillies. So that's my soapbox. Evan, do you have a, do you have a secondary team yet already? Just in case? No, I mean, we're, my bracket got blown out in the first round essentially. So whatever it was, I was hoping for, <laughs> we're, we're past that now. Um, I would like the Astros not to win. Yeah. That'd be the, yeah that's pretty much it. I'd like us to win. We're still yeah, technically yeah. where we're at. I would still Absolutely. like us to win. So that's, that's a brave choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, hopefully, you know, if anyone's listening here, can get out to the game. Um, you can have a, a packed house and, uh, you know, really make Houston feel it um, and, and, have a blast and, and hopefully get a win, um, get that experience, which is so worth it. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll talk to y'all soon. <laughs>